0: This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a really exciting episode. We're going to talk about fire agates. We're going to go in depth on that. That will be more or less our keynote address. We're going to talk about gemstones and different varieties. We're going to talk about the true cost of gemstones, especially the more precious gemstones. We're going to talk about uh, a new discovery in Japan, these micro diamonds that have been discovered. We're going to talk about what's it like to prepare a T-Rex from a paleontologist's point of view. And also, more than gold is being dug up in Alaska. There's some exciting other things that are being dug up, but uh, there might be a little drama tied in with that. And then, how big really was the megalodon? Scientists look at that in depth, and much more in today's exciting episode. So stay tuned. I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting the channel. We are doing educational work through our online communities, through our YouTube videos, and through through our podcast for all things rocks, minerals, and lapidary. Um, I would like to tell you that uh, this weekend I'm planning on visiting the uh, Ocean View Mine in San Diego digging for uh, rather, and uh, maybe kyanite, smoky quartz, um, other interesting minerals that can be found there. We'll see what we can do. We're going to videotape that the best we can. Uh, We did do this last weekend. We went to a little gym store in San Diego, and we were allowed to videotape a little bit of that uh, store called the Miner's Gemstone and Minerals. Really cool store. If you're ever out here, you might want to check that out. If you know anybody who'd like to have a review on their gym store, uh, gym shop, if it is lapidary, uh, got some lapidary material or minerals, then uh, we're interested in doing that. Uh, reach out to us through social media. We're on MeWe. Um, Great way to get a hold of us and I will leave the description in, I will leave the link in the description for RadicalRocksUSA.blogspot.com and you can find all of our uh, social media links and all that good stuff. All right, so let's get right into it. Um, One of the first things that uh, I would share with you is, uh, there's a lot of little bits and pieces on fossils. I'm not going to go in depth on most of it, but I'm going to give some information out there for our fossil lovers. There was a 13 million year old fossil. They say it's 13 million years old, but it's a newly discovered ape that was found in, uh, uh, in Africa. They feel that it, it migrated from Asia to Africa, uh, in Jamul and Kashmir. And this is in the, uh, Hindu, uh, stan times it's h-i-n-d-u-s-t-a-n-t-i-m-e-s dot com and that's dated september the 10th and that is uh written here by de Herund. so if you want to read that more on it it's got a picture here of this uh ape and usually they don't find a lot of the larger uh They find mostly smaller apes or larger apes, but this is one of the kind of middle of the road size apes. It says an international team of researchers has unearthed this fossil, uh, which is the earliest known ancestor of today's Gibeon. So, this is kind of a medium sized uh, fossil, and they feel it it fills the void of uh, this lineage of ancestors that uh, of today's gibbons that migrated from Asia to Africa. Now all they have, uh, they, they feel it's a great find. They have a complete lower molar. That's it. Um, that's all they have on it. But uh, based on that piece, they are estimating that this is, uh, um, you know, this is it. So they're going to look for more and they're pretty excited about it. All right. Next, um, let's get into uh, the true cost of of gemstones or the true cost of your favorite ring. It says diamonds are plagued with uh, controversy, but do you know where your other precious stones are from? Now, this is in the dailymail.co.uk uh, and um, it says it was published on uh, September the 9th and updated on the 10th. And uh, I don't see a credit for who wrote it, but in this article, they are talking about you know do you know where stuff came from you know your food they this, the that um, but they're saying that a lot of these uh, gemstones have come at the great cost um, you know sweatshops maybe slavery things like that um, irresponsible gem mining which can devastate local habitats pollute waterways uh, disseminate wildlife and human cost, like take for example what happened in july there was a huge landslide at that huge jade mine in uh, manmar it caused a death of 174 miners which were really unauthorized workers from minority ethnic groups at a very remote unregulated uh, site so this can be really sad sometimes it says gems such as garnets sapphires and emeralds are particularly problematic because they tend to come from small unregulated mines across the developing world which have no running water often and no electricity so there's no kind of you know safety going on there and human rights are obviously not there and even impractical uh, as far as uh, they're concerned gemstones take a lot before they reach you. They go through many high uh, hands, miners, cutters, polishers, laboratories, certification, import and export dealers, uh, and then jewelers and so on. So you have no idea, you know, where the money went to for that um, uh, before it was handed through and could it have gone to forced labor or money laundering or organized crime and terrorist groups. So These are things to keep in mind when you're buying foreign gems and minerals. You know, if you are concerned with the efficacy of it or the human rights side of it, um, it's something to think about. Uh, The Taliban has exploited Afghanistan's emerald mines to finance its operation. Uh, This was back in 2014, and it said the Department of Labor highlighted ongoing child labor in gem mining. So this is nothing new. Money, money laundry schemes also going on uh, through the gym industry, and uh, it can be tough. Now, there uh, is someone called Stuart Poole, who's a co-founder of 1948, and the word is written N-I-N-E-T-E-E-N, and then the number 48. He said there's children in workshops breathing dust, which causes terminal lung disease, and other issues so can be very sad he said that you can spend thousands of pounds or dollars on a piece of jewelry without knowing where it came from knowing where the components came from and he said on the cutting side there are kids and workshops breathing dust which causes terminal lung disease you know when you cut agate if there's dry dust it's so silic poisoning and it will kill you um, and it can do so very quickly. That's a horrible way to die, choking to death, because your lungs are failing and and, and just, just rotting and bleeding. Very sad. So uh, this is the type of conditions that some of these children are working in around the world. Um, so be aware of that. Find out what country they came from and what uh, what type of uh, things they use. It says India said if there's an ethical markup for gyms, Uh, make sure that it's going to those that are mining and working the stone. So uh, credible brands and dealers can provide information. Um, You can look it up. There's goals set by the UN and uh, there's also responsible jewelry council certification. Of course, these things are going to cost you a lot more than just buying, um, you know, gemstones that are not certified. But when you go to Tiffany's and big jewelers like this where you pay tons and tons of money then that can definitely happen Um, some of the better jewelers they have listed here in the article and they're all high dollar um, places that are furnishing completed jewelry but i know a lot of people that are in my um, who are listening to this show are probably doing a lot of their own gemstone settings and their own gemstone grinding so they're looking more for the rough material but this is just something to think about now next uh let's talk about a uh, little human is- interest here our friend eric Rentmackie um, found the youperites and uh, it's a new discovery relatively new and he found it uh out there on Lake Superior and the beaches, and there was a nice little article called the northwindonline.com, and it popped up. It's an old article from November 15, 2018, but if you want to look at that, you can. It talks about this very interesting ultraviolet, uh, the stone that glows under an ultraviolet light um, you might want to check that out. It's kind of cool. We've done articles on that before, but I just wanted to give a shout out to this little article here written by Cole uh, Stifa. Next, we've got a museum that rocks. Now, I wanted to go into the article. It's the Wall Street Journal um, on their website. It came out on September 9th. By Edward Rothenstein, but uh, you know, they want me to subscribe here. But it does say that there's a newly reopened Maine Mineral and Gym Museum that takes an enlightening approach to the story of deep time, and uh, it is about this gym uh, mineral and learning about how the earth came about. Um, You would have to subscribe to see that, but it does sound like an interesting article, and I wanted to give a a shout out to that museum now here's another interesting article there was a doctor who became uh after he i guess he kind of retired he became a gemstone trader and his passions even into his mid-80s this article's written september the 5th and it's by daijiworld.com it's d-a-i-j-i-world.com news and i thought it was interesting because um let me turn this volume down here i thought it was interesting because i thought oh well here's a guy that's wheeling and dealing in gyms and basically yeah he does that but not only that he's creating these things out of gyms he's making these temples he's from india but uh, he made a jan museum of idols built in india he has a big uh display in uh, new york where it's full of it's another temple which is built in new york and it has uh uh, it's all full of these stones and it symbolizes unity and diverse, diversity. So uh, he has taken and created a replica of one of these temples here. Um, I probably can't say it right, but I'll try. Shire Ashtapta Mahatrith, the Ratan Mandra, a gemstone temple from which was carved from crystals and gemstones, the largest. Structure carved out of gemstones, a work of art as well, was again uh, donated to New York Jan Community in 2010. It stands tall and beautiful, and uh, it is there if you want to see that. So it's a pretty interesting story. I won't read the whole thing, but uh, thought that was a nice little human interest um, story. Here's another interesting thing just imagine uh, a movie being made in a cave and there is something found this is uh a a a old uh fossil and it is a human it is an ancient human fossil it is the the cranium It is has well-preserved humanoid teeth and it's found in this cave where several movies have been made the is called Fossil Find on a Cave Site of a B-Grade Horror Movie Set. It's dated September 7th by uh, Sean Smiley. And it's at uh, www.iol.co.za. And it just says that several of these movies were made. Like, you know, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It wasn't that movie, but like B-Grade movies about a worm living in a cave. And uh, this... Cave is is uh, situated just west of Johannesburg in uh, in Africa. Excuse me. Gotta have a little coffee here. Okay, so this is called the Rising Star Cave System, and uh, very close. Uh, this is very close, just some 200 meters away from that cave, rather. This cave that they did the movie in, here's this mandible, this jaw with teeth just lying on the ground. In fact, some of these actors or the movie producers had, I guess, carved some kind of graffiti in the mine right above this skull. Um, and now scientists are going to go back there and look at this um, This cave in 2015 was a location for the horror movie Tremors 5. uh, Bloodlines, possibly hundreds of people, traipsed in and out of the cave back then. And here's this graffiti uh, left on the the cave, perhaps by the filmmakers, they say. And there it is, right there on the ground. Isn't that crazy? So they're going to study that. They're going to go back and do some more diggings and, and see what's going on, see who the teeth belong to, and so on and so forth. Now... In Alaska, we all know there's a ton of gold mining going on there. You can see the shows. But there's more riches being uh, unearthed there than just gold. And it's tusks. Tusks. These tusks are ivory. Since 1990, you could not collect ivory or buy or sell ivory. It is against the law. Elephants are protected. Thank goodness, you know, they're a wonderful creature. There's only so many of them. But in the news uh dot c a dated september 6th by uh, julian ginnack uh a journalist and reporter there he has an interesting article here where he shows a beautiful picture in the yukon uh, first nation area with this huge huge uh, mastodon tooth the giant elephants that lived uh you know the woolly mammoths that lived back in those days and some of these finds are very significant and sometimes they find these fully intact pieces uh, and many pieces are excavated each year around Dawson city. And many of them, uh, they feel are going unreported. Now you're not allowed to just dig these up and take them, but, um, there is, uh, uh, there's fines for doing that. Um, it's it's an illegal export and sale of fossils that uh, is going on here, they feel. But if you report it to the government and they look at it, there is a possibility that they will let you have it if it is not of a significant um, discovery or of scientific value. Now, sometimes they find actual DNA on these because they're digging through the permafrost and there can be hair and meat and sinew and things like this that are still there. So there's a lot to be learned, they say, and uh, they need to look at this. But uh, most of the jewelry that's being made with ivory today depends on a lot of this ivory that comes out of this area. It can go up to $125 a pound to the... um, person who digs it up. And with a full-size tusk um, and being paid up to $165 per pound, that could be a net of over uh, $36,000. So uh, all over the Klondike, people are looking for these. There's a layer of this black muck, which is very organic rich. And this is where these Um, fossils are being found these uh, this ivory ancient ivory and that muck is right above the layer where the gold is that the miners are digging so they're finding a lot of this um, but they need to report it and um, be on the up and up to um, you know so we can uh, learn about these things now just how large was the ancient shark the megalodon how long was he Well, in InterestingEngineering.com, an article written by Marissa Windroff on September 6th, she's got a real ominous picture of the megalodon shark there, and the study showed the scientists took these teeth and they structured it uh, by comparison to other uh, sharks and they feel that they're not really a great white but they're another type of uh, variety of shark that's since become extinct they don't feel that these are still alive um, but they were in the shallow seas they feel millions of years ago um, we haven't seen them in quite a while and they were up to 59 feet or 18 meters in length and weighed 50 or 48 tons Um, by comparison a white shark measures about 20 feet and can weigh about uh, 4,000 maybe 5,000 pounds so quite a bit larger this is a huge huge creature when its jaws are open um, its head would have been 15 feet long its dorsal fin would have been 5.3 feet or about 1.62 meters so this thing could open its jaw 8.85 feet uh by 11 uh, just over 11 feet or 2.7 meters by 3.4 meters big enough to accommodate two human adults side by side gone right (laughs) Uh, pretty cool so how do they know it existed well strangely enough in uh, Carolina I think it was North Carolina they have found a lot of these megalodons they find the teeth They feel that each megalodon had about 273 feet. They would produce teeth throughout their lifetime and lose a set of teeth uh, every one or two weeks, which means a megalodon would go through 40,000 teeth in its lifetime, and these teeth would drop on the ocean floor. Um, The megalodon has been found all over the world. The only place I think it hasn't been found is like the Antarctic. Um, So it's pretty cool where you can go and find all of these giant fossilized teeth and they are much much bigger than a great white shark. There's a lot more information on here about what they ate, um, could they still exist, and other things if you want to read the article. Now I want to tell you a little story about a man named Lusk who was a freelance paleontologist who was featured on the Discovery Channel show. Now just imagine um, what is it like to be the person who cleans up all those bones and puts back together a T-Rex or some other creature. Um, And the Sun Tribune, uh, on their website, it's uh, trib.com, an article was written here by Alex Hardgrave Lusk-Herald by the Via Wyoming News Exchange on September 7th, which is featured here in the Star Tribune. Um, There's a a little article here with Lusk. uh, Todd, it uh, actually it says Lusk, but it says here the n- man's name is Todd Homer, H uh, O E L M E R, and he is. Oh, it's Lusk is the name of the shop, okay, or the, the area, and this is uh, he is featured on the Discovery Channel program Dino Hunters, and he goes on to tell you know how much work it is to get these bones prepared. Um, He uses this little micro sandblaster, and it can just take hours just to prepare a small piece of this bone, but yet it's kind of addicting. Once he starts, he just wants to get it done and keep working on it and uh, build it piece by piece by piece. So it's really interesting to read about how he goes through this and how he restores these fossils and how he's restoring this T-Rex that was dug up by the University of Notre Dame and uh, all of the things that are tied into uh, doing this show and how he's just so addicted to it. All right, Um, um, micro-diamonds. So Japan's history, their geological history, is in question after the discovery of a metamorphic rock which contains micro-diamonds. Now, this article is uh, Eureka Alert at uh, eurekaalert.org. And it's articles dated September 4th, written by Kamonoto University is what it says. Um, it talks about this new discovery of this metamorphic rock and this region where um, it shows that continental collisions might have happened um, very, very deep below the surface. And um, they have found this spot here where this is happening. And now they're going to have to rethink the geology of Japan because of this find. Very interesting. You can read into that article if you want. Um, I don't know that they're planning to mine that or anything, but it is uh, interesting. Now, here's an article I found uh, at thehereup.com. It's uh, T-H-E-H-E-A-R-U-P.com. It's dated uh, September 8th by Saad uh, Saad, Saad Mashtag. And uh, it's called Gemstones and Its Different Varieties. Now, um, the article has a lot of great information. Its writing style is... uh, It makes my writing style look good, and mine's not the best, so I'll put it that way. But um, there's a lot of good information here. And uh, probably he's translating this and some of the stuff is lost in the translation. But there's a lot of good information here and I don't want to detract from that too much. But he goes into some of the um, different names for gemstones, um, which is just real basic, like a fine gem or a fine diamond, a valuable stone or a semi-valuable stone or just a gem. He talks about the shaping uh estimation of gemstones. He goes into, you know, just kind of what stone is valuable and looks by the eye and shading and cleanliness. And then he talks about some of the most rarest gemstones. I like his list here. Uh he's got painite, he's got Alexandrite, Tanzanite, Bentonite, um Pard- Grand Idorite Musgravite and jimri me and red burl so some of these i'm not familiar with some of them i still uh i'm familiar with them but i still have a heck of a time pronouncing them he talks about purchasing gemstones um, some basic little tips on purchasing gemstones um, just where to look and look, making sure you know, you know, which ones are manufactured, which ones are treated. He talks about boring and cutting and cleaning and utilizing gemstones. Not much information there. Um, but, uh, overall a pretty cool article. I liked his little list of gemstones there. So I thought I'd share that with you. Now let's get into our keynote address, fire agate. I just love fire agate. My grandfather um, used to go all over the desert and look for fire agate and he would painstakingly polish it and bring out the beauty of the fire. Now at the website uh, fireagate.us there's a section here on fire agate US, and it talks about uh, different fire agate uh, rock gym sites where you can rockhound and get these uh, fire agates. Now, fire agate is a natural precious gemstone with deposits found only in certain areas of North Mexico and the southern uh, Southwest United States. And really, it is truly um, seems like, from what I'm seeing here, it's mostly just in the South United States and down into Mexico. You just don't see it anywhere else. A lot of it in Arizona, and actually California and parts of New Mexico. Fire agate gemstone deposits fall into two general locations. The first is the Sonora Desert region, stretches from the southern uh, west southwest United States to northern Mexico, and the second area starts north of Mexico City and lies between the Sierra Madre Occidental and the Sierra Madre um, Oriental mountain ranges. So, fire agate gemstones were formed. In these particular regions, they claim, uh, 24 to 36 million years ago, when the areas were subject to massive volcanic activity during the Ter-tidian, Teridian period, geological conditions within these different regions they vary, which produce the differences in the different types and styles of fire that are found in each region. The agate formation the size the color and the fire layer thickness all vary within these different geographical locations so there's a list here that you can find Uh, again that's uh, fireagate.us of different agate gemstone mineral locations some are open some are private claims some are on private uh, or public lands where there might be restrictions and some of them you just can't even collect so um there is a mine owner at the oatman and opal hill that did at the time of this writing here offer a fee to dig service so you can look them up Um, there's links to this be sure you respect public lands private lands um, and it is illegal to go rock hounding to collect minerals Uh, off of public lands for commercial purposes Um, you cannot sell what you collect under the general blm rules Um, so you do have to be careful of that uh, how you have obtained different rocks and minerals just a basic rock hounding right that you have as a citizen does not allow you to sell these things and you can see that at the bureau of land management Um, so black hills arizona Um, There is a BLM public rock hounding site there. Oatman, Arizona, there is the um, Cuesta, it's C-U-E-S-T-A, fire agate mine. There's Opal Hill in California, the Opal Hill fire uh, mine. There's Round Mountain, Arizona, that is a BLM public rock hounding site. Saddle Mountain, Arizona, this is an outdoor recreation and fire agate rock hounding site. Deer Creek, Arizona, a fire agate location. I don't know if, you know, again, I don't know which ones of these are open still. So you got to check Slaughter Mountain, Arizona, San Carlos Apache Fire Agate Mine. And then there are Mexican fire agates that you can go check out. Now, uh, in addition to this, um, on the uh, website uh, geology.com, You can go to um, Arizona gemstones, and there's a nice section there, if you scroll down, on fire agate. It says, Arizona is one of the world's few sources of fire agate. Rare, beautiful, interesting gem. At first glance, it is brown and uninteresting. Then, as the eye draws near, flashes of iridescent yellow, orange, red, and green burst from its curved surfaces from within the stone. The colors change as the gem is moved and as the light is moved or the head of the observer is moved. The phenomenon is reminiscent of opal, yet it's completely different. The name fire is used, but the color is not caused by dispersion seen in a diamond. The color flashes are produced as incidental light interacts with curved surfaces of agate and thin coatings of iron oxide or iron hydroxide within the stone. These uh, coatings were formed on bitroidal agate surfaces between episodes of growth back in that geological time. Now, fire agate is a beautiful stone. It is rare and really not very well known and lacks popularity. Um, And you just don't see this at uh, Tiffany's or any of the, well, at least I haven't. You don't see it down at Macy's and stuff like that. So the price is probably lower than uh, what is really uh, the rareness of it. Cutting fire agate is a laborious work. It's a lot of work. Each gem has got to be individually sculpted according to the contours of these bitroidal surfaces. Let me get a drink here. Excuse me. Okay, so this has to be done working these curved surfaces, these bitroidal surfaces, to fully expose the color and present the gym with a pleasing geometry every piece of fire agate jewelry is designed and crafted to hold the uniqueness of that stone there's really no other choice a dremel is a wonderful way to do this um, fire agate jewelry is made by highly skilled people this takes time you don't want to use your top grade fire agate when you're practicing how to do fire agate same thing with opal you know you want to really take your time Often the same person finds the rough, cuts the stone, and crafts the finished pieces of jewelry. Look for Fire Agate in Jewelry Design and Lapidary Shops in Arizona, one of the few locations where Fire Agate is mined. Now, I've been very fortunate to go mine Fire Agate. Um, when we used to go out to out by Blythe, out in the uh, Wiley Wells area, as you head toward uh, Arizona, there was a pay-to-dig site there. It's not the deepest, most brilliant pieces of fire agate, but there's some nice fire agate there, and uh, I've been able to find that. The Arizona fire agate, uh, they have a picture of a couple beautiful cabochons here um, that are pictured on this site at geology.com under um, Arizona Gemstones. And like I said, just scroll down and uh, you can see that. Really good information. Also, another great site to go to is mindat.org. It's M-I-N-D-A-T dot O-R-G. And just look up fire agate. You can see some great fire agate there. Um, some found from Mexico. Really heavy greens and reds. Um, some fire agate from Arizona, which has the beautiful variety of all these different colors. The yellows, the greens, the browns, the reds, the golds. Just, just Beautiful. And then another exquisite piece from Mexico here with uh, uh, real heavy in the browns and golds and light on the green. But a beautiful piece. The um, luster is, uh, you know, kind of uh, vitreous or waxy. The hardness is about uh, 6.7, 6.5 to 7. And uh, it is a chalcedony appearance and variety so it is a chalcedony containing inclusions of uh, limonite and uh, it produces this iridescent effect or fire that you can see all right it's really cool some of the areas uh, where you can find this um, oh, man there's a lot of locations here where you can see um, this there's also a list of dealers here too on this website on MindDad if you want to go there and look for dealers if you just don't, if you're not able to come out here, but also there are sites where uh, it has been found on an interactive map here. And again, there's uh, several different places here in Mexico uh, Chihuahua, Mexico, Sonora, Mexico, different places in Mexico, uh, Arizona. There's several different mines here the Penny Fire Agate Mine, and so on and so forth. It just goes on and on pages a whole page, two pages. There's one in Mexico here in the Bisbee Hills. Uh, California has certain areas, Blythe, like I was telling you. Uh, you, have all sorts of different areas here that you can get the fire agate yourself if you want to. Anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please take part in all our social media. Again, it's radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. All of our links are at the bottom of every one of those informative blogs. And uh, remember to go back and listen to all our different podcasts because they're really timeless. There's very little in any one podcast podcast. There's hardly anything that's dated where it's just like a show or this or that. There's hardly anything like that. Most of it is information on rocks and fossils and gemstones and lapidary that is timeless. So please share this with uh, people. We are growing a little bit and we want to continue that. And with your help, we can do that. And We can keep rock hounding alive. With that, remember, all rock hounds, uh, they do not die, they petrify.